0: Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 25th of August in the year 2023. Alhamdulillah, we spent a few sessions or so taking a glimpse into the fathomless subject. The sublime status of our beloved Messenger. So, to finish with the fathomless prophetic knowledge, one can see that from whichever angle you were to look at our beloved Messenger, you would see the very truth manifest. As shown earlier from his immaculate body, his miracles, his character but now let's turn to his knowledge so again prepare to be once again blown away Wahab ibn Munabbih he said I have read 71 scriptures and I have found in all of them that Allah the Most High did not give all of mankind from the beginning of the world until its end an intellect comparable to the intellect of Muhammad except similar to a grain of sand in between all of the sand of the world Mm -hmm. Muhammad is thus indeed the most intelligent person Mm -hmm. so this is recorded in Ibn Asakir Abu Nuaym al-Hilya, number 4579, or volume 4, page 26. Hafiz Zurkani in his sharh al-Mawahib, volume 4, page 250. Imam Sayyuti in his Unmudaj al-Nabib fi is al-Habib A sample of the in, special characteristics of the Beloved, sallallahu alaihi wasallam for the intelligent, page 9 of the New English Translation. So let's look at this. So Wahab ibn Munabbih, he is from the era of the Tabi'in. And before his embracing Islam, he was also a rabbi. So he's got the best of both worlds. And he said, I read 71 scriptures, meaning I'm one verse with the previous scriptures. And he goes, In every one of those 71 scriptures, I found that Allah the Almighty, if you combine all of the intellect from the beginning to the end, so imagine all the human beings that Allah has created, starting with Adam Alesi, Muslim, till the last person. You combine all of their intellect. He goes, all of that compared to Rasulullah's intellect salallahu alayhi, is like a grain of sand compared to all of the sand of the world. So yes. Meaning his knowledge is, he goes, you can't compare to his knowledge. And then he said, عليك, Muhammad is thus indeed the most intelligent person. So when you say he was given incredible knowledge, that's not enough, majesty. This puts it in perspective. All of the human beings combined knowledge compared to Rasulullah is like one grain of sand compared to the entire sand of the entire world. And I mentioned many uh, a few sessions earlier. That Rasulullah, what did Ibn Hajj al Asqalani say? So, how is Ibn Hajj al Asqalani said, in Fatal Badi, volume 16, page 21? Rasulullah possesses such a unique quality which enables him to perceive knowledge about the future and by which he can see whatever is inscribed on the Lohim Mahfuz, i.e., the preserved tablet. So the great is Ibn Hajar Asqalani Amir al of Hadith, He said, Rasulullah could see the divine, the preserved tablet, in which everything is written. What's going to happen in the future is all written there. Because he could look into it every time he wished. So obviously, if you have access to that, you're going to have immense knowledge. So note, his knowledge is truly beyond comprehension. So we're going to spend a few sessions taking a glimpse into this. So for the sake of ease, I will give subheadings. So the first subheading, a fire under the sea. So this sounds like a strange subheading. So you got the sea, is there a fire under the sea? So in a hadith, in Abu Dawood number 2489, in the chapter on jihad, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr, he relates that Abu Lumin Mahshin, said, no one should sail on the sea except the one who is going to perform Hajj or Umrah or the one who is fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For under the sea there is a fire and under the fire. There is a sea. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Abu Dawood, authentic hadith. So there's two parts to the hadith. Rasulullah encouraged one and all to avoid the sea. Because don't travel on the sea. Unless you're going to perform hajj, umrah, or jihad. Mm-hmm. Meaning if it's essential, then travel on the sea. Then he said something from the rib. He said, "Allah is for in al under the sea there is a fire. al Bahra and under the fire there is a sea. So if I was just to quote the hadith, be honest, completely baffled. What did the Prophet say? Did he say there's a fire under the sea? And then there's a sea under the fire. So what have they discovered? Najat, He explained in his work scientific precision in the sunnah page 31 to 33. So, quote. The Prophet never sailed over the sea during his lifetime. So, what obliged him to talk about an unseen matter except that Allah the Almighty ordered him to do so. So, stop in the quorum. So what was the first thing the respected Shaykh said? Which is more amazing. Rasulullah never went on the sea. So it's not he's if he's a sailor. So why is he now talking about something which he's never experienced? Then he said, Shaykh, Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knew through his comprehensive knowledge that one day man would discover this amazing scientific fact. So he mentioned it to his honorable Prophet sallam, so that it would remain a sign. Hmm. Stop in the Quran. So the Shaykh says, there's a scientific fact in this hadith. al knew that one day science would reach a stage they would be able to detect it. So al inspired the Prophet to mention it as a sign that he's a Prophet. Hmm. Then he said, the Shaykh, following World War II, 1945 onwards, Scientists roamed the ocean and the seas searching for some materials whose reservoirs were near to be exhausted. They were astonished to find that many volcanic mountain chains extended throughout all the ocean along one thousand of kilometers, and they called them the mid ocean mountains. Stop with the quote. So 1945 onwards, they are, you know, roaming the oceans, trying to find out, you know, precious minerals that they could use. And they found out to their amazement, there is a mountainous chain. And how long is it? A chain of mountains under the ocean. One thousand kilometers, which is about, what, six hundred miles. They gave it a name. They gave these range of mountains, the mid-ocean mountains. So this 600 miles or 1000 kilometer range of mountains, they called it the mid ocean mountains. And what were they? Volcanic mountains. Mm. Then the Sheikh said, by studying these oceanic mountain chains, it became clear they were formed as a result of violent volcanic eruptions through a huge net of deep faults that split the rocky crust. These faults were mainly centered on the ocean floor. Stop in the core. Where did these mountains come from? They said it came from volcanic eruptions. Like you get on the surface, you get a volcanic eruption in the sea, you end up with an island, you noticed. Mm. So under the bottom or near the ocean bed, these you know chains of mountains erupted, uh, chains of volcanic eruptions erupted, causing these mountains to emerge. Mm. Then he said, it later became evident that this net of faults extends to more than 64,000 kilometers. Mm. And their depth reaches about 65 kilometers. Penetrating the rocky crust and reaching the weak layer known as the asthenosphere where the rocks are in partially molten state. So let's break it down. What did the shape say? Later, when they got more, you know, knowledge of what's happening, they said that this net actually extends for 64,000 kilometers. I don't even know what that is in miles, 30,000 miles. How deep were these faults on the ocean bed? Faults mean like, you know, cracks. 65 kilometers deep. Imagine. Think about that. You know. They're trying to explore space, they don't even know what's going on at the bottom of the ocean. 65 kilometers deep. And then it says, and it penetrates the weak layer of the Earth called the asthenosphere. Now what's that? These are big words. Basically, this is the part of the Earth, deep down, in which the rocks are partially in a molten state. So when you see the volcanic eruptions, you see lava flowing. Mm. What is that lava? It's actually rock. Mm. You understand? You know the lava that flows isn't liquid, it's, it's rock. But it's so hot, it's kind of turned, kind of liquidish. Mm. The asthenosphere is where the rocks are in that state. So even though it's under the ocean, mm. what is it? It's fire. Mm. What did the Prophet say? Mm. Under the sea there is a fire. Now think about it. I've broke it down. I've tried my best to break it down. You kind of get it. We're not scientists. But we do kind of get it. But this is the year 2023. Where is are struggling. How on earth 1,420 plus years ago can a man have made this statement? Under the sea there is a fire. You'd be laughed at under what? Yeah. Under the body of the huge seed is a fire. Oh, you, you are too much to eat. Mm-hmm. Fire puts out, water puts out fire. Mm-hmm. Not correct. Science has proven mm-hmm. the asterosphere. Mm-hmm. Then the Sheikh said, One of the phenomena that scientists have failed to find an answer to mm-hmm. is how the water of oceans and seas. Cannot put out the magma. So they're thinking, well, how can they be like lava under such huge vast volumes of water? Why isn't the water taken out? Have you understood? Moreover, how is it that this magma, in spite of its extreme temperature, is unable to vaporize seas and oceans? So it's a two way process. Either the water should put out the lava or the fire should take out the water then the Shaykh said this balance between the opposites of fire and water on the ocean flows and some sea bottoms is thus a clear witness to the unlimited power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. the magma in the asthenosphere and below it contains a huge amount of water That exceeds all that is found on the surface of the earth. (laughs) So what have they (laughs) discovered? You got the ocean. You got the magma. The fire. Under that water, what did he say? Below it, there is a huge amount of water. How much water? Below this magma. It exceeds all that is found on the surface of the earth. So what did the Prophet say? Under the fire, there is a sea. How on earth is it possible to have known these remarkable facts over 1,430 years ago? Now think about it. Even today, guaranteed, you go to a learned person and you say, what's under the ocean? So, would most of us? What would we say? We would say, "Well, oh, it's this. It's the, probably the surface of the earth." You know, there's a fire. How many people would know that you're telling the truth? Mm-hmm. There's a fire. a fire. What do you mean, fire? What? It's not fire. Yeah. No, no, but it, it's actually fire. Yeah. Like you with know, the lava. It's not taking it out. It's okay. That's 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 amazing. Uh, and, and what's under that, that, that fire? The, the, what's under that the, the lava? Which one on the earth would say, water? It doesn't make any sense for you to make statements like that. What did Rasulullah say? Look what he said, said Allah. Under the sea, there is a fire. Mm -hmm. Under the fire, there is a sea. Are you telling me, he goes, by chance, is it even conceivable for a person to utter these statements and not be laughed at in time of the Prophet sallallahu How did he know that? Go back to what I mentioned. All his knowledge, our knowledge is like a grain. He's got the entire world. Why did he mention that? He's talking about Hajj, Umrah, Jihad, only go on the water, travel on the water out of necessity. Then suddenly he said these words. Allah was showing that as a sign, he's my messenger. Now be honest, apart from you saying Rasulullah was given this knowledge by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what other rational explanation can there be for this? Even if a person says he got it right by chance, would you accept that? Because he didn't just say one thing, he said two things. You how would I accept that? What are you talking about? Mm. Or if he said, you know, well, you know, he was an intelligent man. Which intelligent person even in today's day and age knows of this fight? Mm. So, and just to put the icing on the cake, he never once traveled on the sea. Mm. What's he talking about the sea for? Mm. Not talking about the desert. Mm. It's talking about the sea. He never traveled on it. Mm. So there you go. There's examples of his knowledge. Mm. And even today's day and age, he blows you away. It this is the deal, yes, check it yes. Abu Dawood, number 2489 yes. let's turn to another one entitled The Continuous Orbit of the Sun so Imam Abi Ishaq Hamadani in his Musnad, he recalls this Abdullah ibn Abbas he relates that Abu Abu Messenger was asked where does the sun set where does it rise ya Rasulullah where does the sun set, and where does it rise? He replied to the it is going in a non-stop, regular motion. It does not cease or disappear. It sets in one place, it rises elsewhere, etc., etc. Though some people say the sun has set, and others say it has risen, I at the same time." So now let's look at this question was straightforward where does the Sun rise from Ya Where does it set now why were they asking that question did the people have knowledge of time zones in that time they didn't know that here is day other the side of the world is night they didn't know that so they were just thinking everybody thinks the Sun sets at one place all the world sees it there. So they just ask a very simple you know, question for that time and age. Where does it set? Where does it rise? Rasulullah can make a mistake. What did he say? He said, it's going in a non-stop motion. It doesn't cease or disappear. It doesn't set. It doesn't, it looks like that, but it's not setting. It sets in one place, but guess what? At the same time, it rises somewhere else. What was he talking about? Time zones. Mm-hmm. Those he said, wa, some people say the sun has set, others say it has risen. Mm-hmm. This would have sound very strange to the people at the time. Mm-hmm. But it is now common knowledge to one and all that there are different time zones throughout the world. Mm-hmm. People also believe that the sun was stationary. It didn't move. And only the planets Around the sun, and even some people still think that yeah. you, you actually said to a person, uh, Can you describe the solar system to that Because there's a sun, and is that with his hand because there's a sun. Mm-hmm. He, he leaves his hand like that, and he goes, Okay, and what about the planets? And they start moving their hands because the planets are going around the sun. Mm-hmm. Then you said to the person, So the sun is, is you know, is it just still stationary? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, Yeah, is that right? Mm-hmm. People believe the sun was stationary and only planets moved around it. But this is an error. The sun is also moving in an orbit of its own. Where does it say that? The Quran. In Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas recited this verse in Surah Yasin. Surah 36, verse 40. of Billahi <laughs> Minashidah Najib. وَقُلُّمْ فِي each swims along in its own orbit each swims along in its own orbit Ibn Abbas explained in an orbit like that of a spinning wheel in an orbit like that of a spinning wheel so let's look at this so what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say each swims in its own orbit what is he talking about subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's talking about the sun and the moon that's the context. So when Allah says each swims, he's saying the sun and the moon is swimming in its own orbit. Yasbahoon. Now why is this amazingly precise? Because when you say somebody is swimming, what does that mean? So the person goes, I don't understand. Is okay? Does it mean he he's being pushed? Or is he using his own energy? And he goes, he's using his own energy. Allah says, the sun and the moon are using their own energy. They're swimming. Is that scientific fact? Yes. The sun and the moon are using their own energy. When a person swims, what do you notice about the body? It's bombing. If you ask any astronomist, how does the moon orbit, he will tell you it does this, mm. it bobs. How does the sun orbit, because it, it bobs. Then you say, so it's using its own energy and it's bobbing. Would I be correct to say, they're swimming? Mm. And any person who knows the field would say yes. In fact, that's a perfect description, he would say. And he goes, right, could anybody have known that 1,400 years ago? Mm that the sun and the moon swim. They didn't even know that the sun's moving. Forget about swimming. The Prophet told you it swims. The Quran says it swims. It's got its own orbit. How can it not be moving if it's got its own orbit? The sun is moving. It's got its own orbit. The moon is moving. We all know this. It's got its own orbit. How is it possible over 1,400 years ago For somebody to know the continuous orbit of the sun, Mm. to know that the sun and moon are swimming Mm. using their own energy. Mm. So note again, this knowledge can only be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Rasulullah is telling this to the people, but in actual fight, the scholars say he was talking to us. Mm. Why? Because this was going over their heads, it was revealed to us to say, look, proving I'm Rasulullah. So what I mentioned today was now taking a glimpse into the fathomless prophetic knowledge. And we are made a statement, I said his knowledge is like a vast desert of all the sand in the entire world. Man's combined knowledge from the beginning and end is like a grain of sand. So that's a statement. Somebody goes, prove me. it. I'm mentioning quotes now. What do you notice? Exactly what the man said is coming, is present percent true. Who has given him that knowledge? Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a Rasulullah. <laughs> Are there any questions you like to ask? So <laughs> Be of the